You are listening to Beyond Sets and Reps, where we provide the performance edge. I'm your host, Pat Ivey. And I'm your co-host, Mackenzie. And thanks for tuning in to another episode. Culture of accountability is when a lot of your athletes are doing what they're supposed to be doing, when they're supposed to be doing how they're supposed to be doing it. Competence. Do your athletes know what they're supposed to be doing so that they can do what they're supposed to be doing? Are they committed? Will they see it from the start to the finish? Will they complete the task? Are they consistent? Coach Mickey Marotti is in his ninth season as the assistant athletics director for football sports performance at Ohio State University and his 33rd season overall as a coach. He is the person Ohio State head coaches trust in the critical area of strength and conditioning training and overseeing sports performance. Coach Marotti called a master of motivation and mental preparation is indeed that. He has coached three teams now that have won national championships, the 2006 and 2008 Florida Gators and the 2014 Ohio State Buckeyes. His work with the Buckeyes earned him American Football Monthly's FBS Strength and Conditioning Coach of the Year Award in 2016. Unique in the fact that he is one of approximately 100 strength trainers to hold a Master of Strength and Conditioning, the highest honor in his profession certification. Marathi is also atypical in the things he has his players do that all lead to developing a mental and physical edge. Coach Marathi and his wife, the former Susan Laffey, have a son, Mitchell, and a daughter, Maddie, both of whom are Ohio State graduates. And without further ado, welcome to the show, Coach Mickey Marotti. Hey, Pat, how you doing? I'm doing great, Coach. How you doing? Doing good. Just uh, got my office all cleaned out, ready to do a little podcast with uh, one of the best in the business, Pat Ivey. <laughs> Coach, <laughs> Coach, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Um, yeah, um, like... You know, that was a great intro. Um, I'm not sure where you got all that information. Hopefully it was correct. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, or a small town outside of Pittsburgh called uh, Ambridge. Um, obviously, I was into sports and training and, you know, at a young age, I loved it, everything about it. Um, and I, uh, I really had it. Coaches at that young age uh, had an impact on me. Um, I didn't grow up in a typical family, so... I had to have uh, somebody to show me the way, give me influence, the right, you know, down that right path. So I always was partial to coaches. I was always partial to training. And then obviously I went on, played college football and got into training there and just kind of went on my way. And um, obviously, the next how many years it's led me here to Ohio State. So I'm pretty fortunate, excited, and uh, ready for another season. And coach, what specifically got you interested in the strength and conditioning aspect of it? I know in on your intro that Pat read that, you know, you're, uh, I forget what it was called, but a motivation and mental preparation coach. Um, but so before you got to that part of it, what got you in as a strength coach? Um, you know, that's a good question. Um, the area that I grew up in, 
I was involved in a weightlifting club at a young age, like 13 or 14, whenever you were, you know, that was the age back then that you can start training. And it was a very uh, uh, unique lifting club. There was uh, power lifters, there were Olympic lifters, there were bodybuilders. Um, they were all, you know, in our, from our hometown. So you kind of, you kind of got into it just because that was one of the things to get into. I also had an, uh, an opportunity to train back. Oh, this was, this was early on early in the eighties, um, to train for our high school football program. So I was in this weightlifting club or it's free weights and just power lifting. And then we trained kind of old school, Arthur Jones, high intensity. Everything was on a machine. It was one set to failure. It was brutal. Um, the way that they trained you, the amount of rest that you had in between exercises, it was just, it was very unique. And I know Pat, you, you, uh, you're familiar with that from back in the day. Um, and the guys that were training us from our high school, um, I mean, they beat the living piss out of us. And then I had the other part where you were in a powerlifting world and you were in a, a weightlifting world and you were in Olympic lifting world and it was different. And I was just mesmerized by the intensity of how I was coached from that high intensity area. And I was also mesmerized by the brute strength and the power of those Olympic lifting, bodybuilding, powerlifting guys that were, uh, you know, they might have worked in a steel mill from six to three and they came in their work clothes and bench and, you know, squat their jeans. And I was just, it, it was, it was mesmerizing to me and my, my friends and, I just loved it, and I just I I guess the, where I came from, there, there was a um, you know being a tough guy or being tough was like really in, and that was something you always strive to do because when you're in one of those steel steel mill towns, you know the 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 dads and the fathers and the and the men that work it are rugged. Their hands are rugged. They're kind of grouchy. They're dirty. They're you know they just know what hard work was and and I was always proud of the of where I came from and I just wanted to be a tough guy like they were I mean all my friends fathers were tough they all worked in a mill and you all were scared of them and you know I don't know I just I, I just didn't want to let anybody down so I would never quit on a rep I would never quit on a set I would never I was always trying to get the marks of some of those guys in those gyms and I just fell in love with it, and it helped me in, in the sports, like we all do it, and while we're doing it now. And I think just one thing led to another. And yeah, coach, it's kind of interesting. You bring up the uh, the hit training. I don't know if many people talk about that um, too much now, but that's something. When we grew up, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. So growing up in the Midwest, um, hit training was very, very popular uh, during that time, and it was all about. Um, being quote unquote tough and working to failure and trying to establish that mindset of working through pain and pushing past your level of comfort. Um, how have you taken that kind of that foundation and I guess adapted to what we now do um, generally speaking in strength and conditioning? Yeah, that's a great question, Pat. Um, once again, I was, I was mesmerized by that. Um, just the, the, it was so hard. I mean, you remember it was just so hard. 
you didn't really look forward to a training session like you just did it because it was awful. And if you got through it, you know, you might have went were, you know, in a garbage can, you know, seeing your <laughs> lunch again because it was just so hard. But I remember how they how those those trainers and coaches would coach you and it would be so hard. And then I had the other aspect of being around power lifters and how they trained. And it was it was it was very unique. Um, and then when I started out in this business, I actually was a GA at Ohio State uh, under Steve Bliss, who's one of the forefathers of being a strength coach under, you know, the grandfather, godfather, Boyd Epley. And then I really learned what it was. OK, you could kind of put these together. Um, and once again, it was it was it was unique and it was OK, where are we going to go? At, at a young age, you're trying to figure out what your methodology is going to be, what your uh, what your philosophy is going to be, you know, and then you, then I went out to West Virginia under Al Johnson. And again, it's, it's different. And then again, you put these things together and you're like, try to formulate what you would like to do someday. Um, and then you have all the people that were involved with the influences of strength and conditioning from, you know, everywhere. And you just put all those and all the clinics and conferences that we used to go to, and all the 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 the, uh, the chalk talks and just talking shop and you just and then you're still at a young age and again you're just trying to figure out okay how how the how the what the why the where um, and and you do and you kind of as you go through this business you figure out what your methodology is what your philosophy is who you are as a coach what you're trying to accomplish what your culture is. And I just think as you go through the years, you continue to learn and grow and you're still growing. I mean, we're doing things now that we didn't do 10 years ago. And it was because you just have to be open to grow, to growth. And it's uncomfortable to change. And But like I tell our players, you can't change, your body can't change, your mind can't change unless you're uncomfortable. So I think that's great. Can you, uh, you talked about finding yourself as a young coach, finding your methodologies, yourself as a coach. Um, and so since you've been in the industry for as long as you have 33 or maybe 34 years now, um, you know, who's counting. (laughs) Um, but so at this point, was there a time, I know you said you're still growing, but was there a time when you felt like, okay, I've, I've kind of got it figured out, you know, was it, did it take five years or 10 years? How long before you felt like, okay, this, I like, I, I've got my program under control. That's another great question. And I, I hope there's young strength coaches that are in the business right now, listening to this. It took me till my fifth year at the university of Notre Dame to finally feel confident and comfortable with, okay, I think, I think we're on the right track. Not that we weren't, it was just, you were always stressed out about, you know, just making sure you had the the perfect program. Um, and the one thing I never stopped doing as you're trying to formulate that perfect program, um, was what influence you could have on those, those players and those, those athletes. And it's not just sets and reps and X's and O's, but it was more about the relationships that you built and the trust that you built. And if those players and student athletes knew that you cared about them, then they would give you everything that they had or everything you wanted them to give you. So I was really fortunate 
But again, you're talking about, I, I became a head strength coach at 25. There's no way I was ready. No, I just so happened to be, Pat, you started about the same time I did. There was, you know, head strength coach and one assistant. That was it. So there weren't, I was, I mean, just, I was at the right place, right time. I was 25 years old at University of Cincinnati. And I didn't feel like, okay, you're you're on the right track. Not that we weren't, or not that I wasn't, um, till I was, you know, 13 years in the business. 13 years. Mm-hmm. So when these young coaches come and they ask questions about, you know, what's the, is it a four-day program, three-day program, is it a contract program, is it a hybrid program, is it a concurrent program? I just, I'm like, yes, yes, All of the yes, above. yes. All of that. Like, and it's not like, it's not the method. It's more the principles. It's more the philosophy. And, and what I mean by that is the coaching. You know, you're a strength coach. You're you're coaching 17, 18, 19, 20, at least at this level, you know, student athletes, and they got so much going on and there's so many variables moving. You know, what are your principles? And if you ask a strength coach now that's, you know, kind of the generation Y strength coach or millennials, they can tell you. They have no idea. And that's concerning to me. What are your principles? What do you believe in? Well, I believe in the West Side method. I didn't ask you methods. I asked you what your principles are. Um, so I think I've got a, I think we all do have an obligation to continue to teach and help our profession. So, you know, 10 years down the line, it, it's in a, it's in a better place. Yeah. Coach. Yeah. yeah. Coach. Oh, sorry. My I man, remember go ahead. Um, <laughs> when you were at Florida, you, you gave me a call. I was at Missouri and you said, I like to come up and visit. <clears throat> now I, I don't remember having anyone else um, that had been in the game as long as you um, just say, Hey, I want to come up and visit. And we had a chance to, to go around, look at the facilities and we had a chance to, to chop it up for a little bit. And I remember when you got to Ohio state, I remember thinking, Hey, I want to go to Ohio state and visit. Uh, Coach Marotti. And we had a great visit. Um, Jana Heitmeyer and I, she was our nutritionist. And and it was a, it yeah. was really good, really good time. Um, we learned a lot. But I don't know if coaches do that nowadays. I don't I don't know how much visiting we're doing. I don't know how much we are um, sharing. I remember when I came back to Missouri, I told everyone there, I said, they they will win or be in the national championship in three years. And coach, that third year is, coach, I'm serious. That third year, because what I saw um, behind the scenes and what you, what you allowed me to see behind the scenes, I saw something that was very comprehensive. I saw something that was very focused on how athletes learn and their learning styles and how you all were teaching and um, the whole how you play checkers um, on the that was it was a football field on on position coaches um, tables inside their offices to help different athletes learn the way they needed to learn blew my mind. And and a lot of people want to know and, and they they people talk about winning championships but they don't understand what it takes to develop champions and the type of coach you have to be. 
So can you speak to that just a little bit? Yeah, well, first, uh, you know, I want to thank you, Pat, because I've all back when you were at Missouri, I just remember when we'd go to conferences and you, you'd be like 15 strong. I don't even know. I mean, I don't even know how many people you had actually working full time for you, but I just remember we would, we would talk and you would always be like, yeah, we're going here, coach. We're going here. I'm like, how do you do that? And you used to drive, you used to put all those staff members in a van and you would drive like two, two days before the two vans, coach. I, I tell, and you tell, you told everybody back in Missouri, I used to tell everybody, like, I had so much respect for Pat Ivey and his staff of, they would pile in a van and they would, there would be fellowship as they were, as they were traveling. They got to know one another. Um, and they would always go continue to learn. And that was one of the reasons why I always used to do that. Like, and I still do that to this day. Now, again, I was, I always wanted to learn by seeing and learn by doing, uh, not watching, you know, YouTube or something. I, I want to like talk to the people that are running the show wherever it was. And I've been doing that so long. So number one, I want to thank you for what you've done for the profession and what, you know, allowing us to come into Missouri. Um, but it's funny you say that we just talked about that uh, in the staff room today, like, you know, developing champions, not just developing championship teams, developing champions. And that's a, that's a, that, that's a root that's down underneath the dirt. That's, that's accountability. That's learning. That's um, holding each other uh, to that same standard. That's, you know, we talk about mental toughness and physical toughness and emotional toughness. This podcast is sponsored by Sorenex Exercise Equipment. Since 1980, Sorenex has been a family-owned business responsible for legendary innovations and training solutions that have changed the face of strength training. Today, Sorenex is the most sought-after strength brand for professional teams, colleges, high schools, and military units. During this process of growth, our clients have become an extended family to us, part of our brotherhood, our culture. We want to thank you, our customers, friends, and family for being the foundation on which Sorenex is built. We promise to do our best to continue to serve you with the best strength training equipment and service in the industry. Um, Coach, I want to ask you about something it says here, you being a master of motivation. Now, I know that it takes a lot of energy because once you be once you become the motivator, you have to be that person and be you have to provide that energy every day. So how do you do it? Sleep. Lots of sleep. <laughs> you know, I, there's a, there's a quote or there's a saying out there. If you, if you don't love what you do, don't do it. So there's a love for what I do. Um, and again, this is funny. You're asking these questions. We just had a staff meeting asking the same questions of why, why do you coach? You know, why do you come to work? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you do when you come to work? And, you know, obviously it's to help people, it's to help student athletes. Um, I just, I don't know. I feel like if I don't, I'm letting them, I'm letting, you know, my family down. I'm letting players down. Um, I've, I've, I don't know. I just have a passion for it. There's so much energy um, that's required every day, like you said, and you have to bring it every day. 
And then you got to be smart as you go through this business and your career. You just got to make sure you hire the right people that can help in those areas that you need. So, you know, I try to I try to formulate a staff that isn't quite like me, but they have might have a different personality. And you put those personalities together and, you know, and then you got a great team. So I don't know. I've always been a been an excited person when it comes to training and when it comes to developing, when it comes to. Uh, you know, cultivating young athletes, and I don't know. I I don't, I don't even drink coffee either, so I don't. A lot of people drink coffee. <laughs> we have a wow. drink like eleven cups of coffee a day. I'm not sure. <laughs> Dang. Well, coach. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep going if if you're on it. So I was just going to say, I've heard you mention a couple of times about you not wanting to let other people down and, you know, wanting to finish the last rep and things like that, not wanting to let your athletes down. Um, But part of developing these young people, like you were saying, these young athletes is helping hold them accountable. Um, So how do you do that and, and not or I guess teach them how to not let people down, just like that's been instilled in you. Yeah, so that's, that's another great question. And I think that's kind of the hidden gem of, of at least at this level, uh, when you're dealing with an athletic team, you know, say as football, um, obviously you can only go as far as your, t- your, your talent. You know, if you maximize your talent, um, you're going to be a pretty good team as long as there's chemistry, as long as there's accountability as long as they believe in one another and they can hold themselves to the standards that are set. So I believe my job is not just the X's and O's of the program and, you know, the bigger, faster, stronger, the training, the injury prevention, the nutri- all the things that we do on a day-to-day basis. I think it's a lot has to do with, you know, team building and chemistry and, you know, the motivation and inspiration that these players need to every day come to work, to give their best. Um, and we do run a strict program. I do make people come on time. I, I think that um, we do make them work hard. We do make them count their reps. We do make them chart. We do make them clean a locker room. We do. We, I want them to appreciate where they're at, who they're with. Um, and it's not just about developing athletes to, to run a better 40 yard dash or, you know, improve in some area. It's, also teaching about life because we believe at least I believe and we're aligned with our coaching staff that if they're if they're accountable where they can clean the mess in front of their locker that or you know take their cleats from the indoor into the into the locker room and put them away I believe that they're going to be able to cover the the deep third when that defense says to cover that deep third because they're all in like you can't be half in where you just come lift weights hard and, and run hard. And then you're a mess everywhere else in your life. I just think if those athletes know that you're, that you're there to help them and you're there to help them achieve the goals in all their areas, academically, emotionally, physically, uh, athletic, all the areas that they deal with them from a day-to-day basis, 24 seven. I just think, I don't know. I just think that's all part of it. I think, I think wearing the same gear, you know, in this world that we live in today, everybody wants to express themselves. That's great. You mm-hmm. can express yourself when you get outside the gates of the, of the facility. Mm-hmm. When, we're, when we're training as a team, we're all going to look the same. They think I'm nuts sometimes because I don't let our players on game day wear sleeves and wear, 
one-legged sleeves. And I mean, I know that's cool, and other programs do that. I just I don't I don't believe in that. I think it's a team, and everybody should look the same. Now, at practice, they can wear a sleeve, they can wear the one sleeve, they can, you know, express themselves. And but, coach, I'm I'm when, when I look good, I, I feel good, I play good. Well, that's good. You better, you better learn how to play good and look like everybody else, because that's that's what you go to work like Pat. When you go to work, like you're professional, so you look professional. Right. When you go to work and you get out of workforce and and you you. You know, you're trying to provide for your family. You're going to you're going to abide by the rules and regulations that you have to. And I just I don't know. I think and maybe I'm a little again, I'm a little partial because I understand these generations, the Generation Y, the Z, the millennials, because I've been coaching them for, you know, as they come through this age group for 30 years. And my kids are that age, too. So I get it from a parent standpoint. I get it from a coach standpoint. I get it from an athletic director standpoint and an administration you know, administrative standpoint, I get all that. But if you don't hold these athletes accountable, like what's our future going to be about? Like if they don't learn it here, because remember, like when you're in college, you're, you're, you're trying to better yourself. You're trying to educate yourself. You're trying to earn a degree, you know, football or professional sports only lasts so long. And, you know, only three to 4% even get a chance. And that's at a level like this. So what are you really teaching them? Like, yeah, you're going to work hard. Yeah, you're going to learn how to spot. Yes, you're going to learn what tempo lifting is. Yes, you're going to learn how to take care of your body in, in recovery. Yes, you're going to eat right. Yes, we're going to make you eat meals before and after each training session. And if you don't, there's a penalty. There's a consequence. If you go down a highway and you speed and you get caught, there's a consequence. So we, I, I just believe, I think you got to, you know, the strength coach job at this level nowadays is even more than it was back in the day. And, and there's so much more out there now with social media and all the things that they're dealing with. I get it. I get, I get all the, all the, I get it. But at the end of the day, those kids remember, they don't even remember those championships. And obviously they do because they got, you know, hardware and stuff like that. But they, they talk more about the lifting and the man that stadium runs and we had to touch a line. We had to do, we had to go back three times because this guy didn't touch the line. I know, I know, I know. If you you know, if you're going to be a surgeon one day, you better make sure <laughs> you're doing exactly how it's supposed to be done, or you're talking about bad consequences. So, yeah, I am a little old school. Yeah, I am a little different. Yeah, but you know what? I can't say it on air what I tell the players, but that that's that's the way it is. And as long as they know, again, you care about them and you're there for them, they're going to be okay. Mm-hmm they're going to be okay and they'll get through it and they're going to grow. And I don't know, we spend more time now talking about, you know, motivation, inspiration, but more culture development of them, you know, who they are, what you are. And, you know, you don't find out who you really are until something's difficult and something's hard because you're talking to yourself. Like it's not you against, you know, when you're running around a cone and in a competition aspect, it's not you against that guy. It's you against yourself. Like, Man, this is the fourth station. I got, I'm getting my rear end kicked and man, I can't wait. This is over. I can't wait to go chill out or go hang out with the boys or go find my girl, whatever it is. Like that's what it is. So I talk about, we talk about more about that stuff than we do, you know, yeah, training. Coach. You, I have one last question and this time has gone by so fast. So we, you may be one of those people we have to come back to and, 
get a second session in sometime down the road. Um, yeah, Anytime. the question I want to ask you about, because I found it so fascinating um, when I was able to come up and visit you in that this question revolves around your organizational structure, how you set up mm-hmm. things so that medically, um, care wise, strength and conditioning, nutrition, your your doctors, um, you have a certain structure that is set up for success. Can you talk a little bit about that and kind of where you fit and what your role is within that structure? Yeah, no problem, Pat. Um, so when we got here in 2012, Coach Meyer, uh, we tried this at Florida, but it, it, it kind of worked, but it, it really wasn't. So we wanted to start it from ground zero. So I was, you know, what my title is, actually it's changed again, but um, it was he wanted one voice in the performance area to come to him because as a head coach, and you know, a head coach, there could be 15 people trying to pull at him every day. So what we thought would be a good idea is have one centralized voice, um, which was me, and then the strength, the strength coaches, the sports medicine staff, the equipment managers, the nutritionists, the sports like anybody that had to do with sports um, performance they would kind of report to me. It might not be like, like that on a flow chart, but they would report to me at least when it had to do with football. They would report to me and we would have weekly by, you know, at sometimes twice a week meetings and we called it our athletic performance team. And, and there was two reasons why we did it. Number one, we did it to make sure everybody was on the same page. The worst thing that can happen in this, in this field is the strength and conditioning and sports medicine staff are completely on polar opposite ends of the spectrum. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Athletes are going to go to one of the two entities and it's mm-hmm. not going to work. Um, so we wanted to have everybody on the same page. And the second thing, at least with, with coach Meyer was he wanted the sports performance staff and everybody that touched our players whatever how uh, whatever level it was to have this be be driven by the same program culture so if we were to lot lose a game we all felt the same way because the investment that we put in to our sports performance model and our players was the same because you've been in programs where the athletic trainers on a different mindset than than the strength coaches and we wanted to put everybody on that same platform and we we really worked well together, and there were some you know bumps in the road, but now we're to a point where, you know, we everybody trusts each other. And then what happened was um, three years ago, I was asked by our athletic director Gene Smith to oversee the entire strength and conditioning staff. You're talking about 36 sports, 22 full time strength wow. coaches. Now we have it, not at the time, and to set that whole structure up very similar um, investment that you had with football, with all these other sports. And I was like, Gene, there's <laughs> no way I'm going to be able to do that and work football. And I, I want to continue doing football. He's like, we want you to do football, but you got to come up with a plan. So at that point I was like, okay, well, first I said, no, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to do that? You're talking, you're talking about 1200 athletes, 1200 athletes managing 22 full-time people, and 10 to 15 interns 
I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm good. I'm just going to do football. And, and he kind of, it's funny. He kind of like backed me into a rack one day, like a, like a power lift rack. And he said, I think you, you need to do this. I think this is good for your future. This is good for us. Okay, Gene, we got you. So that was a sign. Like I better do this. But anyways, I said, well, if I do this, there's th three things that I need. Number one, the vision, my vision of this monstrosity of a program has to be the same vision that you have in administration or it's not going to work. He's like, absolutely check. So, okay. Number two, energy, my, the energy that the, the, the other coaching staffs and the other trainers and the other nutritionists that deal with the other 35 sports has to be the same energy that I have and the passion I have for this. He's like, we'll work on it. Check. Okay, good. And I said, the third thing that, that we need is resources. So we had to hire more people. We had to upgrade the facilities. We had to do the things, um, you know, from a resource standpoint for us to be elite or at least striving to be elite. So at that point, you know, that's when I hired Heather Mason as our senior director. And she's kind of the, we laugh all the time. She's kind of the COO, the chief operating officer. And I'm the, well, I've been called a lot of things, but on, on air, I'll say I'm the CEO of the strength department. So at that point, we wanted to make sure the culture and the investment to the sports, the other 35 sports was the same as football, at least, or at least that was what we're working towards. So we've been working tirelessly for the last three years, trying to get it to where, um, you know, where we thought our football program was and we're getting close. I mean, we're really getting close. I'm yeah. proud of everybody in the department. I'm proud of our administration to back right. us and, and see the same vision. And it, it's kind of fun now. It's, it's stressful at times, yeah. which you know, but you know what? It's, 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 Coach, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, we need to wrap this show up. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you um, social media wise or any other place? Yeah, I'm, I'm on Twitter. Uh, it's at Mickey Marotti. That's great. That's great. Thank you so much. Um, it's been a pleasure. Wish you the best. And I'm um, looking forward to seeing you again sometime soon, maybe at a conference. And uh, want you to have a good day. Thanks. Appreciate it. It was, uh, it was great. Anytime, give me a call. And uh, I'll right, see you soon. Up. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond Sets and Reps, where we provide the performance edge. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, Soranex Exercise Equipment. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your preferred podcast provider. You can find show notes and more at beyondsetsandreps.com. That's B-E-Y-O-N-D-S-E-T-S-A-N-D-R-E-P-S dot com.